Nazem Kadri traded. I can't believe it. But the return is great for the Toronto Maple Leafs. More on the Tape to Tape podcast. The trade has uh, has come together. I think you know we've, we've talked to Colorado on and off for for uh, for a while, and and then uh, sort of pick things up. Um, in the last couple of days, um, you know, they, they had an, an interest in, in Nas. I think there's just a mutual fit there, and I think both teams uh, met their objectives in it. So it was, it was very easy to work with uh, with Joe Sackick and Chris McFarlane on their staff. So uh, we're happy to get it done, and, and uh, we hope it will work out for everybody very well. Rory, we're back. That was quick. That was quick. <laughs> okay, here's the deal. We recorded a full-length tape-to-tape podcast, which hopefully you already see in your feed on July 1, then just after we left the booth, one of us may have even been home with his feet up on the couch, <laughs> news broke that Nazem Kadri traded to the Colorado Avalanche. So that was certainly a big enough deal to get us back in here for a special one-off, oh, let's see here, 15, maybe 20-minute pod devoted entirely to this trade. I am sitting in the studio with a guy who I know from newsroom chatter was long against the idea of trading Nazem Kadri. So yeah. this was a terrible idea, right? <laughs> no, actually. Whenever these discussions would come up in the office about Nazem Kadri, my whole thing was Nazem Kadri, the big plus for him was his contract was so valuable for these years, right? $4.5 million for a second line center playing in a third line center role. Great value. You need centers and all that stuff. But I I had the caveat, I want to see if the trade happens, what that trade looks like, because I would do it for a top pair defenseman, somebody that really changes. Not a second pair guy, you don't need to upgrade that part of your lineup necessarily with a center. What does the trade look like? Getting Tyson Berry and Alex Kerfoot back from the Colorado Avalanche, I think is the exact kind of trade that they needed to get. Berry is a top pair defenseman, and you get a decent replacement too in Alexander Kerfoot, who's going to be a little bit more versatile. He can play center where he won. I think it was 56% of his faceoffs last year, or he can play wing. And so now you have some more kind of different looks in the lineup that you can get more options, I guess for Mike Babcock. Well, and it's nice to have a guy who's really way overqualified to be your third line center. But even when he's on a sweetheart deal, like Kadri was, you're probably paying him a little more than you need ideally like, whereas Kerfoot, who does need a new contract, is going to sort of fit your hierarchy yeah. better, right? Yeah, so Kerfoot, we guessed he's going to come in around $3 million. Needs he's, a new contract. He's he, an RFA. He's an RFA. He's 25 years old, so he's two years away from being UFA eligible. If you go to arbitration, maybe you can get a two-year award, walk him right to free agency, address it then. I don't know if a long-term contract is in the cards here yet for this team. But yeah, I mean, he's he's a guy who could push 20 goals. He could push 50 points. He can play in your top six. He can play on your third line, whatever you want to do for him. I, I think that was a nice little added value. If I was thinking if they traded Kadri, it would be a basically a one-for-one for, one for a defenseman. And that they were able to also get a forward with that kind of versatility back really made this a big win for Toronto. Not that it was a loss for Colorado at all. I think both teams addressed the needs they needed to take care of. And and this was one of those getting rare, but it was a really good hockey trade both ways. So let's zero in on the Leafs and specifically the defense. And then we'll talk about what it means for Colorado. So out goes Nikita Zaitsev, Ron Hainsey and Callie Rosen in 
come Tyson Berry, Cody Cece, and Ben Harper. Cece and Berry are both right shot defensemen. You can absolutely put down an ink that Berry will be in the top four on the right side with someone. Yes. Now, what they do with CeCe will be more interesting, maybe, because you could, in theory, put him on the third pair and say, we're going to shelter the guy a little bit. He's been exposed, playing with not great partners in Ottawa, being given a lot of responsibility there, which maybe at times he was in a bit over his head. But the, the benefit to potentially keeping him in your top four or putting him up to the second pair would be you can then have Barry and CeCe on the right, Riley and Muzzin yep. on the left. And maybe if you pair Cody CC with say Jake Muzzin, that represents the best partner he's had in the NHL. Maybe all of a sudden he looks better as a guy who is playing 21 minutes a night. I'm wondering if that's where it starts, right? Because the upside for CC, the thing that you're hoping to recover if you're the Maple Leafs is some semblance of an offensive game. He has been a big liability in his own zone for quite a while. Our analytics writer, Andrew Berkshire, did a really good breakdown on CC, comparing him to Zaitsev. Zaitsev had the, neither of them looked very good, but Zaitsev had the upper hand in the defensive zone. CC had the upper hand in the offensive and neutral zones. And he hasn't, he was a very good junior scorer from the back end, and he hasn't really done that yet in the NHL. So if you pair him with a, really sound defensive guy like Jake Muzzin, maybe he doesn't feel that kind of pressure in the defensive end so much there that that's kind of foot off the gas and he can think about offense a little bit more and kind of quietly work on his defensive game with that security blanket behind him. You put him with Riley Riley's great too, just all around, but then maybe Riley has to be a little bit more cautious in his own zone. I would love to see, what a Riley Tyson Berry defense combo would do, whether or not it would, ru- it would rush the puck a lot. Yeah, they would rush the puck. They, that would be amazing. Rushing it, getting it up to your forwards. That would be amazing. I don't know how patient Mike Babcock would be with that necessarily, but I think that top four Barry and Riley Muzzin and CC is really interesting place to start. Now, Kyle Dubas before the trade happened, he was had a media veil. Cody comes obviously as part of a, of a, a pretty substantial trade and I think the thing we we like for him you know he's he's still just 24 years old he's got a lot of experience he's played a lot of very difficult minutes uh, there in Ottawa um, and and we just think that that uh, he can, we can bring him in here can inundate him with with our staff and and he'll pr- probably play a little bit of a different role here in terms of the expectations and and where he's at and uh, hopefully uh, Get him, uh, get him rolling. They've done a good job with him there in Ottawa. They've they've given him a lot of responsibility, and he's got some good experience as well. Um, so using that plus the fact that you know he's he's going to be an unrestricted free agent uh, in a year, uh, we hope that uh, we hope that that can certainly uh, certainly provide some incentive, and and it could be a could be a great thing. And we'll see where it goes after that. He didn't guarantee him a top four spot or anything like that, but. We do know that Babcock loves the lefty-righty split in shots. So right now, you don't have a right shot, uh, a third right shot defenseman other than Justin Hull, and I don't think he's going to be in the top four. Yeah, so you wonder if, I mean, Ben Harper maybe slides in as that into the top six, at least while Dermot is out, I guess. Maybe Sandine, it's his time, I'm not sure. Yeah, I mean, maybe Sandine gets a look off the top of the season. Training camp's probably going to determine a lot of that. Ben Harper is probably your inside favorite to start in the lineup right away. Obviously, getting Travis Dermott back November, December, whatever it ends up being 
is going to be a huge shot in the arm. And then you wonder, well, what what is that defense? Like it pretty looks like a pretty good defense core now that everything has kind of shaken out here. Um, I wonder then what that top four looks like. Maybe, maybe then you have to go with two lefties on your, one of your top two pairs and CC can move down depending on how he does before Dermot uh, returns to the lineup. But again, if, if, if CC clicks and the top four without Dermot looks great, Dermot can kind of just maybe be eased in on the third pair, help somebody out, out who's on that third pair with him and just get his legs back into him. And maybe, maybe by January, he's up in the top four. Basically now you don't have to rush him back into 20, 21 sure. minutes or whatever. So you did the math before we came on the Leafs essentially after the wheeling and dealing save just a hair under a million bucks, which yeah, if so we had again, like we had, we had guessed Kerfoot's going to end up at $3 million and the report was CC was going to sign for 4.5 on a one-year deal. So if that's true, the Leafs save $850,000 on these moves. So every little penny helps at yep. this point when you're trying to sign Mitch Marner. I mean, Jake Gardner's obviously, it's just hard to imagine he's going to be part of this team moving forward. Especially now. Yeah, yeah especially yep. now. Um, but again, when you're... Uh, up against it the way Toronto is, uh, getting Colorado to retain half of that Barry salary. And we should know it was huge. And we've spent a lot of time talking about the Leafs defense and here today, uh, you know, we don't know exactly how it's going to shake out, but we can see what the pieces are. We could be having this conversation again, almost from ground zero next summer because uh, CC, there's a very good chance he'll be UFA. Yep. And Barry and Muzzin are both on expiring contracts. Yep. Who knows who's going to stick around long term. But for now, they're entering the season. I mean, for something that was long been seen as the Achilles heel. I know you've always been someone who thought the defense core doesn't have to be sparkling. But yeah. even if you felt the Leafs really needed, couldn't really go anywhere until they address that. Now you have to feel like, okay, maybe there are still better defense cores out there, but it's now into a spot where you can kind of stop talking about it as this thing that they have to overcome. Yeah. It doesn't really feel like there's any um, like wasted spots on this defense. Like I would consider somebody like Roman Polak a bit of a wasted spot. He's not going to do anything special for you. Some people might may argue that CC is that guy, but again, like on a one year gamble yeah. to give him a greener pasture, see what he does. Maybe it clicks. Maybe it doesn't. If it doesn't, you move on from any year, whatever you now have a little, you have no more depth. Now Barry is just, I mean, he, he is basically your replacement for Jake Gardner, but I think he's better than Jake Gardner. So you get an upgrade there right away. Your top four looks a heck of a lot better than it did a week ago. Your cat flexibility around your defense is, is, is way better. If you assume that, you know, after next season, Rasmus Sandin is ready to step in. Maybe Timothy Liljegren can, can step in and you get some cheap entry level deals on that back end. And you can't keep both of uh, Muzzin and Barry, then you can go back to the trade market, back to free agency to try and find some value and, and fill it out that way again. I think I think the defense is in a really good spot right now. You've kept your core forwards. You know, Kapanen and Janssen are signed. The Leafs right now have eleven million dollars in salary cap room. Plus, they're going to likely put Nathan Horton's five point three million dollars on the long term injury reserve. Plenty of money. Uh, to re-sign uh, Mitch Marner, which I imagine is going to get done. If if the offer sheet to Sebastian Ajo is any indication, no one is coming to Mitch Marner with an offer sheet. Everything is in place. They've upgraded where they need. They've got a nice lefty-righty split on the defense core. Um, decent replacement for Kadri and Kerfoot. 
you take a little bit of a hit maybe on your third line center, but I think again, like with Kerfoot, with the acquisition of Jason Spezza off the free agent market for less than a million dollars, low risk, no risk gambles, I guess, to just have some more organizational depth. And I think it's going to work out very well for the Maple Leafs. Garrett Sparks, the seventh rounder in 2011, now officially the longest tenured Toronto Maple Leaf wow. with Kadri's run coming to an end at uh, basically 10 years drafted in 2009. All right. So on the other side of this, let me throw this out at you. I mean, is there a better one to combination of contract and contribution Ooh, out question. there in the league than getting Nathan McKinnon and Nazem Kadri for a combined 10.8 million. That's what most people are paying their real number one center. And for the price of that, Colorado is getting one of the absolute most electric players in the game in Nathan McKinnon. We all saw what he did in the playoffs and the gear he got to. And now they're getting a guy who had back-to-back 32 goal seasons coming into this past season clearly has a lot to give offensively was buried a little bit here under Matthews and Tavares once he gets over the shock of being traded I think is going to be very excited to have an enhanced role sure and is a great two-way player yeah, I mean, he wanted more of a role in Toronto, but there's there was nothing to give him um, after John Tavares landed. So Kadri now moves back up into the second line center position. He really is good enough to, for, and that was this is where Colorado wins this side uh, their side of the trade because they needed to upgrade yeah. that. They tried last season, starting with Tyson Jost, uh, a recent first round pick for them in the second line center role, didn't work. JT Comfer got a look there. Alex Kerfoot got a look there. Not, none of them really could help drive a line. They needed that, that Rocky mountain line to be split up and one of the wingers put down with them. Kadri, I mean, prior to last year, he had back to back 30 goal seasons. He'll be put back on to one of the two power play units and, and be a prominent feature there. Um, he's, I think avalanche fans are going to love this guy. Uh, obviously he's got that grit factor to his game as well. 30 goal upside. I mean, I'm interested to see what these lines look like to start the season. Do they keep the big three together? Sure. Do they split them up? Do you give Kadri a, a Landeskog or maybe a Rantanen, probably more likely Landeskog to play with. And, and that's going to also help to boost his offense. And so that, that was the primary need for the avalanche and, and that, they struck out in free agency on any of the big time offensive drivers like our, and our Tammy Panarin um, looked like they were going to be a bit of a loser on July one, but now getting Kadri into the mix. I'd really like the signing too of 27 year old Eunice Donskoy it was really kind of buried in San Jose, but a really good possession driver by the numbers, $3.9 million for four years. So that could be a guy who fits onto that second line too. And, and I think that was really the missing ingredient last year for the Colorado avalanche was they didn't have a second line. Now they're going to go in with that. And even though they've lost Tyson Berry, I mean, the defense is still shaping up. Excellent. Eric Johnson is your rock, but your puck movers are, you know, Obviously, Kale McCarr, Sam Gerrard are the big guys there. We'll see if Connor Timmins is going to make a pushback. Maybe he needs a year in the AHL following his and season the, loss to concussion. But there's a lot of guys and there. And the least like Rosen. He's a guy who's going to play, yeah. right? Yeah, he was going to slot in probably on the third pair somewhere. So he's going to be given a look. And so there's a little bit more defensive depth there for for the Avalanche, too. And, and again, like I think both teams took care of 
big needs that they well, had to address. And that's been a theme, right? I mean, go back to Nashville trading Subban, scratch Subban, add Duchesne. Yes. I mean, in an ideal world, you move out what you have enough of yep. and you get <laughs> what you need. And Colorado and Nashville both had a surplus on the defensive end and leveraged that for forward help. And the Leafs are the exact opposite. We've been, I mean, for years now, years is in a couple anyways, This great Maple Leafs resurrection whole experiment was probably leading toward Nazem Kadri or William Nylander getting traded for a frontline defenseman. And Nylander has the way higher ceiling. Sure. I think people are going to be sleeping on Nylander a bit next year. 6.9 is his cap hit, which, you know, you might think it's a little high after the year he had, but it was, it was hurt obviously by his late start. Look at Johnny Gaudreau when he, his contract um, dispute bled into the season. He missed some time. It was a soft season for him and he came back really hard. I wouldn't be surprised if Nylander, assuming he's in that top six, which I have to believe he will be gets to 70 points next year. I think he's got huge upside for this team. And, and I think because of the season he had, people aren't going to be thinking about that. But that's why I would keep a player like Nylander over Kadri 100% every time. Well, that very same choice made by a Maple Leafs organization that clearly values talent above all else. Mm -hmm. And why wouldn't you? They add a really nice piece on the back end in Barry. And again, uh, Nazem Kadri figures to be a great fit for Colorado. All right. Well, that's all we have for you on this special condensed episode of tape to tape. We think we won't be back till next week, but (laughs) who knows, Rory, who knows until then, make sure you're following along at sportsnet.ca. Follow Rory on Twitter at Rory Boylan, myself at Dixon on sports and check back very soon for more glass rattling hockey action on tape to tape. 